Hey everybody, this is Diamonds and Hashmarks. I am your host, Alex Pichardo, and producer. I'm the co-host, Peyton Pichardo. We're doing it Pat McAfee style. We stand it up this episode. Let's get it going. Yeah, I guess he didn't have a chair, so they don't... Well, there's a chair right here, but I just feel like, you know, just get the juices flowing. Okay, just anti-chair today. Anti-chair today. That's the the, the move anyway. We're in a new location, so... Okay, yeah. Both of us are trying out new locations. So... We had that mishap on Thursday where we tried to record. I was in a different location. Peyton was where he normally was, uh, and we had issues. Unfortunately, we weren't able to put out an episode for you guys, so that's on us. Yeah. Put out an episode right. on Friday morning. I did a solo run. It was about 36 minutes, so I was very happy to be done talking by the end of it because my voice yeah. was starting to wear away. Imagine, yeah. That was our least listened to episode. I'm not at all shocked that that happened, though. Not so I, I guess yeah. it's just not a good strategy to have me do solo episodes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hats off they to the audience no for, <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, hats off to the audience for not really listening to that one and uh, essentially telling me, no, we don't watch it because of you. We watch it because of Peyton. So truly, I was humbled by that experience. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we're trying not to have that happen again. So yeah. hopefully today's recording is very smooth. Today's editing process goes over yeah. well. And we can have this yeah. episode out to you hopefully by 6, uh, not 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Oh, but yeah, um, be like what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a Monday. It's a football it's first Monday. Monday. But before we get into that, I do want to uh, shout out the nest pod on apple podcast by birdhouse productions um you can find them apple podcast you can find us on apple podcast give us and them a five-star review hit us up on spotify with a follow um give us a five-star review there participate in the polls and the questions that way you can interact with the show help us out with the algorithm a little bit um and we can get you on the show uh and i asked specifically for buy sell uh or hold submissions we're going to do those again today. I just need a little bit of help curating those so that I think it would be a little bit more fun if I were yeah. not the one writing those and we got hit with those cold. Um, so we'll see if the audience uh, throws one in there. So um, as as we already said, football first Monday. Man, that was a lot that happened. I, I feel yeah. like we say that Let's every Monday, though. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just been exciting football, like both sides, uh, both sides of the uh, leagues, I guess, so to speak. Uh, like college football has been really, really exciting. Just with the uh, oh, you can't can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Yeah, just a little bit louder. I think would be helpful. Okay, if great. you can, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try my best. Um, yeah. So that was like really exciting. Just like college football and football um, was uh, was just has just been great these past couple of weeks. Like there's yeah. Like, Really, like, no argument. I think if you go to anybody who is, like, talking about college football, they'd be like, yeah. Like, yeah. I think exciting. everybody was, was really just waiting on football to be available again. Because you yeah. got college in the NFL, week two and three, essentially, at this point, in full swing, now completing those weeks. And people are still stoked. I guess I this is probably the most excited I had been about a football season in the lead up to it, but I don't think I realized exactly how much I would enjoy each week this season because uh, so what we got Monday night football tonight. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as that's over, I can't wait until Thursday night football. And it's 
uh, Amazon Prime. I'm looking forward to watching that. And then as soon as that's over, I got a full slate of games to watch on Saturday. Then you got a full slate of games to watch on Sunday. Look at that. It's already been a week. Right. You know, it it, it flies by. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's, that's why they call it like the most wonderful time of the year. Like you have all these sports to go um and uh find your entertainment in really and like if you're a sports if you're sports fanatics like uh, like us like uh the two brothers um then yeah man like it's 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 really an exciting time for sure yeah yeah having a lot of fun with this year so far um and i know that you have too both of us have had a lot of fun watching colorado and they went to double overtime against colorado state i just want to spend some time talking about that so i guess my consensus walking away from that game, having it go to double overtime and Colorado leaving with a victory, I think that I watched that game and left that game thinking, man, Colorado is a good team. They walked in there, played against a rival school, a school that they have to compete with for recruits out of that state. Yeah. A school that definitely doesn't like them. Mike Norvell definitely doesn't like Colorado. And and I thought that Colorado walked out of there amazingly. I thought they did a great job. Upon yeah. talking to other people, I have since learned that maybe I need to pump the brakes a little bit and look at Colorado from the perspective of, yeah, they're a top 20 team, and mm-hmm. they went to double overtime against an unranked team. Yeah, That's not a good look. So I don't really know what to think anymore. Where do you land on that? Are you looking at this game that they just played and thinking, man, they're a good team? Or are you looking at the game they just played and thinking, man, they got lucky. They escaped that one. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember coming back. Uh, I think it was like, uh, so they played, what, Saturday night, like late? So Yeah, it was a 1030 yeah. start, 10 o'clock start on the East which, Coast. What, it which was I rough. get is East. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're West Coast. They're um, starting at like 10 o'clock uh, yeah. Eastern time anyway. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Um. I'm looking at that game and I was I was watching it. Um. I was I was coming back from something, I think. And um. Uh, I, I just happened to turn it on and they, they were losing. And I was like, yeah. Like that's uh, and I I wasn't even following what, what was happening with Travis Hunter and everything, so I was like very confused. Um, and then I just uh, and then I looked up like Travis Hunter and like the hit and everything and it's like uh, yeah. stuff like stuff like that. And I was like, they're really gonna lose this game. Like they have twelve minutes left on the clock here in the fourth quarter, and they're not making anything happen. Like Shadur Sanders is not making anything happen, and then his top wide receiver, I believe his last name is Weaver. I don't know his full name. Um, but like like just nothing's happening. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna turn this off and hope that I see that they win tomorrow. Um, yeah, and Matter of fact, they did. Um, but uh, yeah, like you were saying, I feel like they they escaped there. And like yeah. the, the the two games that they have coming up now, they have number ten Oregon, which I think that uh, that has probably changed because uh, the new uh, uh, top twenty five coming out. And then they have USC the next week. USC is a scary strong team with Caleb Williams being the Heisman last year, and he's having a decent year uh, so far. So yeah, um, these next couple of weeks are going to be um interesting uh, yeah to say the least I for think, colorado yeah i think we're gonna find out exactly who colorado is coming yep. up soon you know because they got the game against oregon as you said they got the game against usc um i'm looking right now to try to find out where they are ranked exactly i think he, yeah. usc is still ranked at number five i think 
Yeah, Oregon climbed three spots to be number 10. And so Colorado's got two big games in front of them. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly who they are. I think one of my biggest takeaways was you found a way to win. And it looked ugly, you know? Yeah, I I think at any point in whatever season you're playing, at the end of the day, a win is a win. And you leave the scrutinizing of how you won to practice. So I feel like you know Coach Prime is walking into practice this upcoming week. Like, hey, guys, we won. But we're not focusing on that anymore. We're playing Oregon. We're playing USC. Yeah. But they're probably focusing one game at a time. So he's probably saying we're playing Oregon, and the way we played last week doesn't beat Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, totally. Felt similarly to you. Like, yeah, that was a little undisciplined. That looked a little scrappy, but they won. Yeah, but they won. At the end of the day, they got that for sure. Yeah. And I think that was that was my biggest takeaway from watching that game as much as I was able to watch because I fell asleep, unfortunately, because it was so late. But I think one of my biggest takeaways was, yeah, that looked undisciplined. And I think on both sides, uh, Colorado state and Colorado, I I think you got to have a a better feel for the moment. Understand like, yeah, it's a big game. Everybody's emotions are amped up, but maybe just take a chill pill, calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm analyze a little bit more decision make a little bit quicker no need to get no no need to take all these cheap unnecessary penalties you know yeah. i think that oh, goes for right. both sides yeah um but that game was what followed tennessee and florida yeah let's talk about that game oh my goodness yeah so i yeah. messed up on friday when i released the solo episode i was like yeah Tennessee by six. That's what they're favored by on Caesar Sportbooks. I think, unfortunately, even though I live in Gainesville, right. I think yeah. Tennessee covers. <laughs> Tennessee's going to win. I've been saying for a while, Florida has to take at least two of these next three games at home. Yeah. Um, and then they shocked us. I wasn't expecting it. I thought that Joe Milton and this Tennessee offense, yeah, um, oh, right. really just the whole Tennessee team, was a lot better than what we saw on Saturday. Did you watch any of that game? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Um, I was um, uh, I was in uh, Miami. Uh, I got oh, to that's watch, like, true. A little bit of the uh, the highlights afterwards. Um, yeah. ESPN. But um, yeah, this Florida this Florida team. I don't know how to feel about them anymore, man. I mean, yeah. we were talking about it with Billy Napier, like. Um, like it, like what could be like the uh, possible things that could happen if this game were to go in te- uh, Tennessee's favor? Yeah, but, man. Now I'm just like, bro. Like, final score yeah. says like a whole different story. I have no idea what to think about it anymore. But we'll get into it a little bit. But um, yeah, I saw a little bit of the highlights for sure. Um, Etn had a game. Shout out to Etn, yeah. Trevor Etn. Yeah, um, he went off. Twenty-three carries for 172 yards and a, t- and a tutty. Um, like. Really, without him, I don't think they win, you know? Right. I don't no, think Graham sure. Mertz had <laughs> yeah. all that great of a game, you know? Yeah, he like, went on. Yeah, go ahead. I think he did what was necessary to win, but I don't think looking at the stats after that game, you're thinking, man, Graham yeah. Mertz had a day. No, you're absolutely thinking they won because of ETN. Uh, of ETN, yeah. Graham Mertz uh, went uh, 19 for 24, 166 yards into Tuddy. I mean, that's... That's reasonable, That's, I think. Yeah, up against the Tennessee defense, um, but um, I mean, it's obviously overshadowed because like ETN is like producing 170 yards, and like that's almost like in, in, in college football. That's like, <laughs> whoa, it's like NFL yeah. numbers. So, well, no, that's what you do on NCAA. 
oh, for 13, sure. yeah, yeah. you know, you're popping off yeah. for 200 yards. Yeah. I, Dude, I think UTN uh, definitely so, had a video game. Yeah. I'm so excited for day. those games to eventually come back. Um, for yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. But so let's get back to the game. Graham Mertz, yeah, what you just read off the stats, I thought mm-hmm. hearing those instead of reading them, I thought, oh, wow, he was really accurate. Um, right. 19 of 24 is what you said. I think yeah, 19, 19 yeah, yeah. yeah, 19. Incredibly accurate. Only 166 right. yards, which makes me think that he wasn't necessarily throwing the ball deep the entire game. And I think that's absolutely true. Right. I think a lot of those yards were run after the catch. I know that Trey Wilson got hurt uh, that first drive, but had six catches that first drive. Mm. I know that Florida coming into the second half, I think the score was 26 to seven starting the second half. The game ended and Florida only had 29 points. We only kicked a field goal in the second half. So I got a, as I was watching the second half, I kept saying to my wife, it's like, we're trying to lose. We're trying (laughs) to throw this game away. Yeah. But, you have to take into account something that I had a hard time grasping as it was happening. Graham Mertz had, I think, a laceration or an injury on each hand. He was really unable to throw the ball. Napier wasn't comfortable putting his replacement in. So what did we do? Kept handing the ball off to Trevor Etienne. And I think doing that because you had to proved that you should do that even when you don't have to now. Right. You no. walk in to play another top school. You're playing Georgia next month in a couple yeah. weeks. You don't have to hand the ball off to ETN the entire game. But you probably should because yeah. of what he did against Tennessee. But more more than Florida's accomplishment, I yeah. kept looking at Tennessee's failure. Mm. Milton and the Tennessee offense really just unable to move the ball down the field. Yep. No significant wide receiver presence was really felt. They don't have a guy. They don't. Uh, they lost Hyatt to the draft last year. He's now with the New York Giants. So like, um, and I thought he was. I thought he was going to stay in Tennessee, but that yeah. just it never ended up happening. He declared for the draft, and I was like, ah, I felt like if he had, if he stayed another year, his draft stock definitely would have gone up. And he's yeah. A, He's a good receiver for the Giants. Like, uh, hopefully he um, he uh, sticks it out with them, and uh, like he they can go somewhere else, make a career of it. But like, yeah, you're right. Uh, like, I can look at that Tennessee offense, and I have no idea like who they're like, top wide receivers. Yeah, and I know that they have a guy that's six foot five, but he's yeah, not going right. up and making catches. He's waiting for the ball to come down to him. So it just it didn't yeah. feel right. It didn't look like a Tennessee offense. I think if the Tennessee offense showed up like the Tennessee offense we've seen the past couple of years, the yeah. game story would have been very different. But hats off to Florida because at the end of the day, a win is a win. It's you a know, win. doesn't yeah. really love matter it. how it happens. So, how do you think that affects Billy Napier's? I don't know job security. Yeah. I mean, well, you're facing up against a ranked opponent. You're unranked. You get the win. It's a like it's, it's a credible win. I want I would want to say, and uh, like now you're coming into this week, you're in the 25, and then Tennessee's uh going down to 23. So yeah, I'm looking at this. And I'm like, all right, it's secure for right now. But like, as long as the uh, as long as you keep uh, producing, but like as as the weeks go on, and as yeah. uh, they start to get uh, in, the, they start to get too comfortable, and they start to get to Georgia. Then that's really we're gonna see like that true Florida team that we're like we're expecting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's still some time though. Um. I feel like Florida can Florida can make it happen. They have the they have the talent. 
Um, but you just got to capitalize. Yeah, I think they have the talent too. And I, I don't think winning against Tennessee saved Billy Napier, but I don't think it hurt him. You know, it, he's definitely yeah. doing everything he can to help himself out. Had a tough week one against Utah in Utah. If you put together enough good games and enough wins the yeah. rest of the year, I can overlook that because you took care of business at home against McNeese State. You handled Tennessee like you were a formidable SEC opponent. You took care of Charlotte. Hopefully this upcoming week, we'll talk about right. that in a preview setting on Thursday. But then you got Kentucky. Then you got Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And you got Georgia, yeah, you got opponent. Arkansas, yeah. a tough rest of the year. I know you have Florida State to end the year, mm -hmm. and that's going to be a tough one. But with these great challenges come great opportunity. If you're Billy Napier and you're scared right now, that's a bad place to be in. you got to be chopping at the bit. Go out there wanting to prove yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to go out there and be a top 15, top 10 team in the nation. So take advantage of it. I mean. Not that I have any experience coaching football or, or being a <laughs> football player, really, but sure. go yeah. out there and take advantage of it. No reason to be scared. Go go and do it. So Yeah, go and do um, it. Have a day. Yeah. Talking about having a day. Mm. Uh, the University of Georgia and Alabama yeah. did not have a day. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Both of those teams looked rough. They looked a little bad. And yeah. It was a bit shocking because you look at Georgia playing South Carolina, you're thinking, okay, even though they got Spencer Rattler, easy Georgia victory. There's no way the talent on those two rosters match up evenly enough for that to be a close game. Yeah. Alabama against USF, there's no way the five-star recruit uh, roster excess that's on <laughs> – that that's yeah. in Tuscaloosa no, for should sure. struggle against USF. Yeah. What do you think is happening at the top of the SEC where we see Georgia and Alabama yeah. struggling against struggling. easy opponents? Yeah, um, man, it was it, it was wild. I was I remember uh, I was in I was in Miami at the time. I was uh, like constantly like checking the phone because uh, you guys, uh, 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 our dad and you, uh, we were texting in the group chat and like, hey, like, yeah, like, like Georgia is like not producing anything and like not making anything happen same with alabama so i was just like i kept checking and checking and checking i'm looking at the stats now i'm like carson beck did not have a throwing touchdown right all, yeah which was which is scary because like you look at these past couple of years and georgia has like had like solidified quarterbacks in that starting position um whether well whether to be fair one of them was like 26 years old Stetson Bennett, that's what I'm Yeah, at, he's 27. So like, he was approaching his 30s by the time yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he's as old as Lamar Jackson, just to get yeah. everybody. So, um, some background there. But no, yeah, so like, I'm, I'm looking at those stats, and like, he did not have a touchdown, like, at all. Like, no passing touchdown, and like, I'm not going to like discredit him or anything in that, uh, um, because like, like this, this, this game, like, it comes with challenges, it comes with uh, tough times uh, sometimes, but I mean, I feel like you got to have at least one. <laughs> whether it's yeah. rushing or um uh, to, to like the, to like make the game interesting and like to have some skin in the game a little bit i think um mm -hmm. for that but um yeah but then i look at uh rattler's numbers as well and like uh, one touchdown two interceptions was very sloppy i think um uh with his decision making and like he was the leading rusher like in uh in south carolina he had eight carries, 35 yards like and 
Like, and uh, that's not very good. If your primary rusher is eight carries, thirty-five yards, you clearly weren't moving the ball. Like, yeah, yeah. right. So, um, yeah, that's what I thought about that game. And then you just look over at um, um, the Alabama and um, the USF game, and just messy, messy football. Yeah. I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the game was delayed a little bit as well. Um, but like, what is going on with Alabama? Like, I so. I don't what think Ty they Simpson have a quarterback. Well, like, yeah, Ty Simpson is the guy who was the leading uh, uh, passer, basically, um, for uh, this game. Five for nine for 73 yards. And I'm pretty sure it was raining, like, a lot, yeah. I'm assuming. Um, so they had to use the running game, and they were successful in that. Uh, Roy Dell Williams with 17 carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown. And I'm just like, they don't have a quarterback. Like yeah. they lost so much after losing Bryce Young to the to the draft uh, in uh, Jacksonville Panthers, and I'm not I'm not even looking at USF like and who they right. have and like the dogs that they have. But I'm I'm more concerned about what's going on in Alabama because now um weren't, weren't they ranked tenth last week? I believe so. Yeah, yeah I think they did look at that this week. Yeah, they so, lost like, three even spots. Though they, won, they lost three spots. They went back, and it's just. It's just more, uh, I think, just in a sense, solidifying. Like, as, as long as the schedule goes like the way that they're going to go, I don't think they're making the college football playoff. Right. Yeah. It's entirely possible that Alabama finishes the year undefeated, but because of the quality of their wins being so poor, that oh, they don't they, make the college football playoff. They lost one. Who did? Oh, yeah, that's true. They already lost to Texas. What am I talking yeah. about? Yeah, they, they lost Man, to Texas. get me off the show. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. That's insane. Yeah. Only reason no, but, why I knew about it is because I'm literally looking at the record right now. <laughs> true. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Alabama, let me rephrase. Alabama could finish the year with one loss. And in previous years, we've seen a one-loss yeah. team make the college football playoff. But I don't think Alabama is the team this year. If they're a one-loss team at the end of the I'm year, excited. I don't think, at least from what we've seen the first three weeks, let's not overreact. Nick Saban yeah. is an all-time great. He definitely he has for sure. the capability of riding this ship. Um, and fixing it to get Alabama looking scary again. But as of right now, I don't think Alabama is the team that we're going to be worrying about at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so you brought up that top 25 um, sure. ranking yeah. coming out. Uh, talking about Alabama, even though they won, they dropped mm-hmm. three spots. And some of these rankings I'm looking at, and I, I think most of these make sense. A couple mm-hmm. don't. I understand Georgia at number one. I understand Michigan at two, Texas at three, Florida State at four. Like, you could phrase your top three or four however you want, and I'm not going to have an issue with it because I think those four teams as of right now are that talented. USC, even at five. I understand Ohio State at six, Penn State at seven, Washington eight. Notre Dame at nine is where I start having a problem. Okay. Let's let's talk to it. Let's let's get that, okay. let's get some of that out. <laughs> Peyton, I have said for years on end, yeah. as long as you are an independent school, not a part of a conference, and your name mm. is Notre Dame, you should not be eligible for the college football playoff. Because every time we let you get into a playoff game or show up in a BCS title game, you get pantsed yeah. on national television. You do. And everybody yeah, no, laughs so at you right. and says, Why did we do this? Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah, no. Notre Dame is playing Ohio State this upcoming weekend, number six versus number nine. I'm stoked. But Notre Dame (laughs) is going to win, and you're going to have people. Okay. I'm giving you two scenarios. Two scenarios. Neither one of them I like. 
Notre sure. Dame is yeah. either going to win, and um, you're going to have people saying, greatest team of all time, put them in the playoff, it's Notre Dame's time. We've heard sure. it before, yeah. they got pantsed. Or you're going to have Ohio State fans, who is quite possibly the most annoying fan base out there, talking about how they beat a top 10 ranked team in the nation, yeah. raising the roof again, right? talking about how they're going to be the the team that stands alone at the end. And yeah. So either way you look at it, the fan bases are going to be annoying. Right, exactly. But Notre Dame at nine, I've expressed how I feel about that. How do you feel? Um, Starting off, I don't think I have a problem with it. But then, like, you just bring up, like, the past things that we've seen out of Notre Dame, right? Like, uh, I remember, like, in the BCS National Cham- uh, Championship when uh, Manta-, Manta Teo was on the team. I don't even Manta know. Teo. What? What t- what year that was? But um, yeah, I just remember they were just absolutely demolished. Like it's just it's just a, it's just a repeating story. And um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the coach's name. He's been uh, really Brian really Kelly. Uh, no, not Brian Kelly. He's oh. in, <laughs> that's insane. Um, uh, but he's been doing a great job of just uh, trying to uh, take uh, t- take it uh, from Brian Kelly's reins and make it his own, and uh, t- him grabbing his recruits and everything. Um, but let's not forget, like he lost to gosh, what was it, Marshall last year? Like Notre Dame is always like in the spotlight when it comes to like games that they should win, yeah. and they just, just they just don't like the like the game with Marshall. Um, yeah. Raise your hand if you've heard this headline before: Notre Dame lost a game they shouldn't have. Exactly. <laughs> All right, both of us raising our hands. Raise yeah. your hand if you've heard this headline before. Notre Dame gets blown out on national TV. Yet again, both of us <laughs> raising our hands. Yeah. So that, that's how I name. feel. Marcus Freeman okay. is the name of the uh, coach. Uh, but, uh, now, now it is possible. I don't want to discount them and what they're doing over there. It is entirely possible that this team is different and mm-hmm. they can show up on the big stage, beat a good team under the spotlight. Yeah. I don't want to say they're capable of that before it happens. It's got to happen when I'm not paying attention. Mm. You know? No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we keep looking at these rankings. Um, Shocked at 13 is Alabama, a one-loss SEC team dropping three spots even though they won, which is almost your dream NCAA football scenario when you're still (laughs) – operating under the old ranking system where the top two played each other in the BCS title. You hope that the the team that you're playing as in Road to Glory beats a little team badly enough and Alabama yeah. doesn't win their game uh, yeah, yeah, by yeah. nearly the same margin so that you can take them over in the polls, which I hadn't necessarily seen and can't remember an example of a team winning and losing a couple spots, but do you think Alabama even finishes the year top 10, or do you think this is as close as they're getting for a while? Um, yeah, I mean, still don't want to discredit what Nick Saban is doing there in Alabama, but, um, yeah, I feel like they, I feel like they're going to make it into the top 10. I mean, it's just, it's, it's it's the Alabama way. They find their way to like barely like scrape in to get into the top 10. Um, so I think it happens again this year. Uh, Nick Saban's going to rally his troops. He's going to rally the guys. He's going to get it. He's going to, he's going to get it right for sure. Yeah. I think uh, to be fair, we're going to talk about this more on Thursday. Alabama Ole Miss 
13 versus 15, Ole Miss sitting there at 3-0, and also in the SEC. We're going to know exactly where Alabama stands at the end of the week, so let's not get too carried away. Yeah. <laughs> talking about where they're going to wind up. Right. Um, shocked again at 18, Duke at 3-0. and I think unranked to start the year. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, they came out swinging, beat Clemson, who doesn't look all that difficult to beat right now. Yeah, they but are... continued to stack wins. So hats yeah. off to Duke at eighteen. Yeah, hats off for sure. Um, yeah, Colorado, I believe, moved uh, back a couple spots. Um, as yeah, well. Colorado lost a spot. Yeah, down to nineteen. Yeah. So I guess that's an example of a team winning, but not winning by a good enough margin to hold on to their spots. So sure. Colorado down to nineteen. Okay, so this is the thing that irks me, that bothers me. Yeah. When the ranking system does this, you have Florida played their butt off uh-huh. against Tennessee, and they they sneak into the top twenty-five. In fact, sure. ranked exactly twenty-five. Yeah. But the team they beat, Tennessee, is it twenty-three? Yeah. You're telling me that even though in the head-to-head matchup Florida beat Tennessee that Tennessee is still the better team? Because that's what that ranking system's trying to tell me. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a problem with it, or, or do you think that, that that would be okay if in a I head-to-head mean, matchup you have the loser ahead of the winner? It, it, it sounds odd, doesn't it? It sounds odd. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, gosh. I feel, I feel, I feel like it, I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's viable that that, that they let that happen. Uh, Tennessee, I believe, and sorry, Gators fans, I think they are the better team than Florida for sure. They yeah, got, they got, oh, they absolutely, got absolutely. Like they have um, higher, like they, 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 they have great talent, like be, like be, better than better than Florida. So like, I, I'm, I'm guessing like when they look at the ranking system, they're looking at like, oh, how's the roster doing? Like, how are they, how are they performing, um, uh, game by game? And then, yeah. like, just like, like, as a whole, as a team, like, what are they doing? Um, I think that's kind of like what goes into it a little bit, and it's kind of, it kind of sucks because it's just like, hey, you, you lost. You should probably be out of the rankings. Yeah, but, but they did yeah. lose twelve spots, you know, yeah. because they lost to crazy. an unranked team. So fair yeah. that I think they lost that many, but I think at the very least, Florida needed to be ahead of them, and yeah. that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, agreed. Okay, agreed, um, man. So that rounds out the college football conversation. Let's talk NFL, because we are both Jacksonville Jaguars fans. The logo has the Jag Stadium in it. What the heck did we watch on Sunday? I can't remember a time I walked away from a Jags game this frustrated. Yeah. Other than Blake Bortles throwing ducks out there, can't remember a time where I thought, yeah. nabbit, we should have had that one. Yeah. We had opportunity. We didn't take advantage of it. I just yeah. frustrated. How are you feeling afterwards? Yeah, well, kind of to go off of that a little bit. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of like healthy that we <laughs> are, like in a sense, like talking about it, but also like we know how good we are. We know how good the yeah. Jacks are, and we know the talent level that we have, and we just did not execute it all. So yeah, bro. After that game, I watched the whole game. Um, probably after the third quarter, I was probably checked out, like just checking my phone, just doing all that kind of stuff. We did not play that game the best, and we'll right. get into and I'll get into my opinion here in a minute about that. But like, just my initial reaction is just 
What are we doing? Yeah. Probably should have had this game. Here we I'm go. I'm frustrated. Yeah, yeah, I'm upset. I'm definitely frustrated. I think because for so long, the Jaguars have been so bad. Yeah. And there have been a couple of years where walking into the year, Jaguars fans have been able to legitimately think, maybe this is the year we put it together. It hasn't been often. Right. Yeah. I think this is one of those years where we thought, maybe we can put something together here. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. now after two weeks, we're sitting here one and one, struggling to put up 30 points against the Colts and losing to yeah. the Chiefs in a game that you thought most assuredly before the game, we can win this. And during the game, you thought, yeah, absolutely, we have a shot. And it yeah, didn't right. work out. Nope. So let's get let's into talk it. About it. Let's yeah, talk about it. Let's talk nitty gritty. Yeah. What exactly happened? Why weren't we able to pull away? Sure. And I want to yeah. start with the failure to convert on the takeaways. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank How you. many times did we take the ball away from Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense that the NFL is scared of? Yeah. I think it happened twice where we brought it inside our own 50, but I know yeah. we took the ball away two, three times, something like that. Sure, yeah. yeah. And we walked um, away with how many points? Six? Three. Three, six. Of the two, enough. three takeaways we had, yeah. we walked away with three points only. Probably. Three, six, yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. Uh, yeah, um, it was just um, the Chiefs making mistakes that the Jags couldn't capitalize on. You're exactly right. Um, yeah. I mean, we even had an interception, Andre Sisko, uh, with a phenomenal catch, may I add. Like, um, uh, going up, leaping up, uh, leaping effort to try to get that interception, which was... Um, Wait, was it Andre Cisco? Am I it might, it might have been. It might have been. I was just so like disgruntled, like what, how we were doing. But yeah, like yeah. interception. So I was like, okay, like interception. Like this is great. Let's get the offense moving. And that just didn't happen. Trevor Lawrence did not make that. Did not make it happen. Travis Etienne didn't make it happen. And Alex, can I ask you a question? Yeah, by all means. Where was Calvin Ridley? Exactly. Well, to be fair, I think he was doubled most of the game, which Probably. is why Lawrence wasn't throwing the ball to him, which and he was then forced Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk and for, Zay Jones. For, yeah. But an NFL offense has to be able to find a way to get the playmaker the ball. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Dallas doesn't accept, oh, look, they're doubling C.D. Lamb. Let's just not throw it to him. Atlanta, yeah, right. in its heyday, didn't accept... Julio Jones is doubled. Let's just not throw it to him. An Calvin NFL Jones offense with, yeah, right, right, with right. an NFL arm and Trevor Lawrence should be finding ways to get their playmakers the ball. And yeah. Calvin Ridley is that playmaker, on offense at least. Yep. I, we failed to convert uh, takeaways yep. into points less times than we fumbled the ball out of bounds on a lateral throw. Uh, I know the yeah. rule. I know yeah. the lateral throw fumble rule. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that rule to have to be enforced twice in a yeah, game. In a game, right. It just looked unprofessional. It really did. Yeah. A really ball did. thrown at his hands yeah. and off his hands out of bounds. So, I don't know. Uh, I got plenty to complain about as far as the offense is concerned. Defense, right. you did your job. No, Honestly, yeah, defense truly. Did, yeah, defense did the job. Trayvon Walker, he's all he, he's a beast. He's, he's turning it on. Job. I'm I'm really yeah. I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of him and just uh 
um, with, the, with the tackles for loss, setting pressure on Mahomes, like setting pressures on quarterbacks is like something yeah. he excels in for sure. And I, I want to see like, uh, hey, we we could tap into that a little bit, and like maybe uh, like in the next couple of years, we probably look at it like a defensive player of the year. I feel like that's definitely something that we could um, look forward to in Trayvon Walker. And like, as much as I wanted Aiden Hutchinson in the draft, um, I knew that Trayvon Walker was on the board, so I like. That draft, I was just like, hey, wherever we land, like, I'm going to be okay with. Yeah. Um, as much as I wanted Aiden Hutchinson because absolute menace that he is on the line. And he fits and, the Jacksonville vibe. Oh, for sure. But, um, yeah. no, Trayvon, but, Trayvon Walker, he's someone to look out for, for sure. Yeah. Trayvon yeah. Walker and Josh Allen lining up on opposite sides of the defensive yeah. line is something that I can look forward to for years to come. And I can't wait yeah. to do it. But yeah. the offense, you're killing me. With ETN yeah. still not being able to run in between the tackles and having to yeah. bounce everything outside. And then when he bounces everything outside, he meets them right there. So Yeah, and, and, and then getting essentially forced as an offense to have to throw the ball. Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, who we all know is probably good for a fumble or an interception a game, if not two, um, had 41 so pass attempts. That's so sad to say. But, and he didn't have right. any touchdowns as well. And, right, yeah. no touchdowns, 100-something yards passing, no touchdowns, yeah. 41 pass yeah. attempts, of which I think his completion percentage was in the low 60s. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I'm looking at it now. Game. It was, it was, um, he, he was 22 for uh, 41. We did the math here. But, yeah. Know. Yeah, so 53%. Um, yeah. If you're rounding it up. Low 54. 50s. So yeah. low 50s, yeah. Agreed. So I think... <laughs> Let's take a chill pill. Lots to be upset about, but I think right. the reason we're so upset is because this was a benchmark game. The Chiefs yeah. Super Bowl champion, you mm-hmm. lost to him in the playoffs. We were probably in that game way before we were supposed to be playing yeah. against them in the AFC uh, or whatever round we met them in. Uh, uh, a- but a- this a- was a benchmark game. Yeah, you play him in the division game way before your team may actually be prepared for a divisional playoff game to win. You lose. Yeah. Now you got him at home week two. I thought you should have been more prepared. I thought you should have been ready for that a little bit more than you were. It looked a little lackadaisical on offense, no real sense of urgency. But when you're playing the greatest team um, in the league and you're going against possibly the greatest quarterback of all time, you just got to convert and you got to play better than that. So, yeah, I mean, as much as much as we're downing the Jaguars as well, like for having a bad game. The Chiefs had a bad game as well. Yeah, they looked like, terrible. Should have both, taken advantage of it. Both sides of the ball looked absolutely abysmal, right? Yeah. And like, um, I'm looking at I'm looking at the numbers now, and just like the rushing yards, uh, because like their their guys, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he didn't even have the most rushing yards. It was Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield. You look at the. I think Pacheco's yards. the guy, though. No, for I sure. Think, yeah, Pacheco, yeah, it's I think definitely it's a tandem, but Pacheco's yeah. pretty good. Let's not discount what he did. No, yeah, he not, sealed not, it not, for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I look at the receiving yards and like Sky Moore, right? Who? The, uh, exactly. Sky <laughs> Moore was the leading receiving yards guy with three receptions for seventy yards and a tutty. And what surprises me that is that it's, that that's not Kadarius Tony. Uh, I'm, I'm probably saying that from last year uh, because like he drops passes all the time now. Um, yeah. Travis Kelsey is not up there. Um, and then like you have guys from uh, like uh, even last year's team who are not on this year's team uh, now. Like, like being uh, Miko Hardman and like just there's not yeah. many offensive weapons like they have like the Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco come to mind and obviously Patrick Mahomes is Valdez Scantling if we're being fair Valdez is probably Scantling, one of sure. the better options right now but he's not 
yeah. Juju. He's not a he's, Sammy he's like, Watkins or a Tyreek Hill. It, yeah, he's like um to the it's like a Jaguars comparison. I'll put him like like he's like the LaVisca Chenault of yeah. um of the Kansas City Chiefs. And no disrespect to anybody in, on the Jags team. Like I, I can't play football, so I have no idea. Um half the time what I'm talking about. So um yeah, no, but like it was just an it was just a messy game through and through. Just both sides of the ball it didn't look great, and I, mean, I was just I was just disgruntled because it was just like, man, like this could have been this could have been a game that we had, but didn't end up to be one meant to be. Yeah, unfortunately, we wound up losing, and um, I think as soon as the game ended, I turned the TV off. And normally, I'm good for two games on a Monday yeah. or on a Sunday, but as soon as that game ended, TV's off. Let's do something else. Yeah. Let's not, just, not watching. Uh, let's just, just too upset. Take it and throw it at it. Yeah. Throw that game away. Let's yeah. all right. Move on. Yeah, um, on. <laughs> tonight, Monday night football, we got the new Orleans saints, uh, the Carolina Panthers squaring off at seven fifteen on ESPN. We got we two got, games on a Monday. Yeah. A matchup in the let's go. AFC North Cleveland yeah. Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, 8.15 on ABC yeah. and ESPN+. Plus. Okay, so I pulled this up so we could look at picks and betting lines. Yeah, Cleveland favored right by two? What the heck? I'm yeah, slamming dude. Pittsburgh covering there. I hope they so? feed George Pickens the ball just because of the injury that they have at tight end. Help my fantasy yeah. team out. Look a little bit better. I'm slamming Pittsburgh covering, honestly, right there. Yeah, um, I am actually opposed. I actually think that Cleveland's going to win this game. Wow. Uh, Cleveland is favored by two, and I mean, also it's an away game. It's in Pittsburgh, but um, yeah, not you could, being the guy that bets on Cleveland. Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally confident in that decision. Okay, I mean, all right, I, we'll revisit this on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, you have you have you have quarterback, and I, I'm not I'm not praising him anyway. But the two quarterback situation because it's Deshaun Watson and uh, Kenny Pickett, right? Yeah. Um, the over under is thirty nine. Slamming the under. Okay. <laughs> like, really? Slamming the wow. Under, but slamming the under, but I think that um, Cleveland is good. Like Cleveland's Cleveland's got a good team. Like Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb. Okay. Um. So um. And like you got yeah. I know defense. You got Miles Garrett. Like he's like he's a menace to society. Yeah, he's still a guy. Yeah, he's still. And T.J. Watt. It's a, it's going to be a yeah. defensive game. I think. It's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be low scoring. I think that's kind of what Caesar's uh, sports book is kind of going for uh, here. Cause I mean, it's just, that's kind of what it has happened in the past in the AFC North matchup. Um, but yeah, man, I have Cleveland actually in this game. So funny enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So that other game that we got, uh, sure. we have the Carolina Panthers and the new Orleans saints and our dad picked up on something. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks back that we haven't had the time to get to. But because of this game being a primetime game, we had the opportunity to get to it. Mm-hmm. The Saints, in week two, playing against Bryce Young. Um, let's go ahead and get our picks out of the way for this one. We got yeah. New Orleans favored by three. The over-under set at 39.5, which, again, I think is a little low. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm taking New Orleans cover and the over on that one, just because I think Derek Carr in any offense is capable of putting up points. How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same, actually. Um, uh, this is the one time where I would agree with you on a Monday night uh, selection. Um, yeah, so Derek Carr, I think, um, and uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's had, like, a consistent career, but uh, I think, like, what you're saying, like, you put him with any offense, I think he's gonna, uh, I think he's gonna respond well. 
Um, and uh, they still they still don't have uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, he's out for more games or more weeks anyway. But I mean, I'm looking like just at um, uh, the receivers and who they got in Olave, and like uh, I don't even know if I can on the team anymore. Uh, like uh, so so far out of my mind for me. But yeah, Michael I don't know. Thomas was a dog at that time. But um, I think uh, I think um, New Orleans definitely has a shot here. I would like to see Bryce Young kind of just like prove me wrong. Yeah, please give um, me another solid back in the league and i'm all about it yeah that's you what know? i'm saying so um yeah so i hope i hope the panthers do well but i'm taking new orleans and uh, uh slamming the over because that under the over is yeah low, i think for this game a little low so <laughs> the thing that our dad picked up on that he sent to us was originally reported by ari mayrov um oh, yeah, i don't yeah. know if yeah, i'm yeah. saying his name right yeah, but, yeah, but i've seen him on twitter he's got some good stuff he's got some good stuff. yeah the New Orleans Saints have an opportunity to take advantage of a bunch of young, inexperienced offenses and walk away this year with an incredible record. Let's go week to week real quick here because we're running out of time for football. Week yep. one, Ryan Tannehill. Week two, Bryce Young. And these are the quarterbacks of the opposing team that's going up against New Orleans. Yep. So week two, Bryce Young, that's tonight. That's uh-huh. uh, an inexperienced quarterback. Week yeah. three, Jordan Love, another one. Week four, Baker Mayfield, not solidified. Week five, Mac Jones, technically his junior year, trying to get settled in with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Week six, CJ Stroud, rookie. Week seven, tough, Trevor Lawrence. Week eight, Anthony Richardson, rookie. Week nine, Justin Fields, who has looked abysmal. Week 10, Kirk Cousins, not in prime time, so that will be tough. Yeah, week 11, bye. Right? Yeah. Week 12, Desmond Ritter, year two. Week 13, Jared Goff, season quarterback who's played in a Super Bowl, could be a dogfight. Week 14, Bryce Young, round two. Week 15, Daniel Jones, not that guy. Week 16, Matthew Stafford, he's been a dog. Week yeah. 17, Baker Mayfield, if he's still starting for the Bucks at that point. Right. Week 18, Dem- Desmond Ritter, round two. Mm. That's not an impressive list. I don't think so. Yeah, you're, you're right in that. Okay, I think the hardest quarterback that they go up against out of that entire list is either Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, or Matthew Stafford, and each of those games are spaced out enough for it to not really affect them a whole lot. Oh, yeah, I think so. That's just something that we want to call attention to just to say, hey, New Orleans, if you're not putting it together against that lineup of opposing quarterbacks as a defense, then maybe you need to be looking at other other options you know yeah, for sure okay agreed with that it's time for buy sell or hold so let's get into it yeah um this is probably our favorite segment to do every single episode that we do it just because uh it really forces us to take a stance on hot takes so hot take and buy sell or hold michael parsons is the best defensive player in the league hard buy hard yeah hard buy i mean with just what I was looking at, I think in just, uh, this past game, it was like uh, uh, it was the Jets versus the Cowboys. It's this first game that Zach Wilson's coming out um, uh, to like start for the Jets. And I remember one play, I think it was in the first quarter, and I just remember how quick Micah Parsons got to that line and put pressure on Zach Wilson. And I think he like threw it away or he got him from the sack. I know he got him from the sack because he did a sack celebration. And... With the, he just got there so quickly. The ferocity was there, and Michael Parsons is like somebody that is that I have talked about 
for years um and was like this this guy this guy is a this guy is he is him yeah michael parsons is him yeah he is him he is that guy he is definitely the defense the best defensive player in the league and you could also you could obviously argue like you got the boses you got tj watt you got um you can even throw in like khalil mack in there aaron donald but michael parsons bro there's something about him that's different. He's a linebacker. He's a skinny, fast, strong linebacker. Um, yeah. And he, he's, he's making stuff. Getting it done. Getting it I done. think week one after watching that first little taste of football, Kansas yeah. City, Detroit, we overreacted a bit and said the Defensive Player of the Year award is Aiden Hutchinson's to lose. I'm mm-hmm. scrapping that. The Defensive Player of the Year award <laughs> Belongs to Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that's where I'm settling. No, Michael yeah, Parsons, awesome. as you said, is him. I'm buying that take absolutely. Yeah. Because in the past, Micah Parsons has been a great pass rusher, a so-so uh, run stopper. And yeah. the, the thought process in the offense in the past has been, if we're going to slow Micah Parsons down, what we have to do is run at him run at Mm -hmm. him and around him, bounce it outside, cut it inside. That way you take him out of the game plan and he's not putting pressure on your quarterback. He fixed that. Yeah. He's an above average and elite uh, run stopper and elite pass rusher. And he's putting pressure on all five of your offensive linemen because he's not only on the outside anymore. He's lining up in the a gap. Yeah. It doesn't matter what offensive lineman it is right now. And this goes across the league. Any team, yeah. no offensive line has five guys who, when Micah Parsons lines up on the opposite side of them, aren't thinking, crap, he's on me now. Mm-hmm. Micah right, Parsons yeah. is that guy putting the fear of God in each one of those offensive linemen right now. It yeah, is yeah, his yeah. award to lose. Micah Parsons is possibly the best defender that this generation will see. I'm putting my stamp on that too. I'm wow. riding high on Micah Parsons. Shout out to our solo Cowboys fan. I'm bought in on Micah Parsons right now. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just remember who it was. So, like, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Man, the Chicago Bears look rough. Uh, Even after these two games this early on, I'm about ready to call it quits on the Chicago Bears season, get ready for year three. Um, It it just doesn't look great in Chicago. So by seller hold, the Chicago Bears finished with the worst record in the NFL a second year in a row. Bye. Yeah. Um, That's easy for me, too. I mean, uh, I had high hopes for Justin Fields. He's a great uh, he was a great talent coming out of uh, coming out of college uh, in Ohio State. Uh, could run the ball, could throw the ball like nobody's business. Um, he 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 really likes solidified that for me. And then he made his transition to the NFL. We kind of seen bits and spurts of it here and there, but ever since then, man, it, uh, since the poverty season last year, yeah, and you got this series like, oh, okay, Chicago Bears fans, here we go again. Um, I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to buy that. Yeah, yeah, and. I feel bad for the city of Chicago because ever since I've been a kid, I don't think they've had a good season. Yeah. Throwback to Jay Cutler being their quarterback for so many years. I can't remember a time where I've thought, oh, no, the Bears. You know, right, yeah. like that's just not a thought that I've had. Um, I mean, credit where credit's due. It's not necessarily because 
the team is bad a hundred percent of the time, but also because the Jags have never really been in a position for me to be scared of the bears, but yeah. also I, I don't think they've ever been that intimidating of a team. Uh, I think they finish worse in the NFL again. Yeah. Justin Fields, you're expecting him to take that leap forward, and we're just not seeing it yet. Not seeing it, yeah. I think over the course of these two games, he's either thrown an interception or been sacked 23 times up to this point. Wow, that's a I, I don't know if that stat is for real this year yeah. um, or if it's like his last three games or something, but uh, 23 times uh, a snap to Justin Fields this year has ended in a sack or an interception, and all 23 of those is occurring when he's taking more than three seconds in the pocket. Yeah. Or, or when the play length is longer than three seconds. Yeah. So, which is a weird stat, because you would think the longer a quarterback has in the pocket, the better a throw, the better a decision he's going to make. Yeah. Not true with Justin Fields. The more time he has, the worse he gets. I think if you're the Chicago Bears, you have to look at taking away uh, progressions in a passing offense and and start to move towards a uh, single progression. If this is the receiver that you're throwing to on any given play, you only put one of them in there. This is the guy you're throwing to. If he's open, rip it. If he's not open, start running. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Which is something I think we saw the Baltimore Ravens do very successfully with Lamar Jackson is this is the guy. If it's not him, maybe it's another guy. If it's not him, run. But yeah. I think a, a progression offense is possibly just a little too much for a quarterback like Justin Fields right now. Mm. Time to transition to baseball. Let's keep rolling with buy, seller, hold. Uh, yeah. Baltimore wins the AL East. Buy, seller, hold. All right. So. Here's what I have in my mind. We got like what, like uh, 12, 11 games left in the season. Um, we're 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 getting down there to like the like the final like pinnacle of like all right, it's, it's starting to get serious. Um, mm-hmm. as, as much as they're I up know two games on race, Tampa right now. Yeah, they're up two games. Um, as much as I think that the Rays are a good team and they can get it done. I really want Baltimore to pull for it. So, yeah. I'm a buy. I'm a buy. Uh, I want to see it happen, but I have to hold. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> Which sounds so crazy to almost say, I got to see until that last series of the year. But I yeah. really think we're going to learn a lot this upcoming series. I think Baltimore, if we look at their schedule, they have three. Yeah, they have three games starting tonight in Houston who is also pushing for a first-place spot in their respective division, the AL West. Yeah. So it's not like either team is going to be taking a night off. If you're Baltimore and you're rolling into Houston and you come out of there with two wins, I think you've done your job. Yeah. But at this point in the year, you need every win you can get. I want to see Baltimore do it, but I have to hold. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, man. Uh, Last buy, seller, hold. We... I touched on this a bit on Friday. Uh, Blake yep. Snell wins the NL Cy Young. Yeah. Um, man, he has been Cy Young dominant, I think, just these past couple of weeks, man. Um, his, I'm looking at it right now. His past four outings, um, he's like been putting up like almost like six innings a game. And there's one, there was seven, and they're all wins. Like putting up um, almost double-digit strikeouts. Uh, he's, he had eight in his last three, nine in uh, uh, the fourth game. So 
Man, I'm looking at it right now. He's comfortable. He is going down in the season. Padres obviously are not making the playoffs. Um, but I mean, he's having he's having a year. First in the ERA, fourth in uh, strikeouts, uh, and he's tied for sixth and like win to loss, um, win to a loss record. So, um, I'm buying. I'm buying in. Yeah, man, I want I want it to happen. But I think the NL wildcard race is possibly the most convoluted wildcard race we've seen for a while. Yeah. It seems like there's almost no clear winner. If it is Blake Snell, I think he's going to be the first NL Cy Young winner that has a walk rate as high as he has it. Ah, uh, yeah. Where somebody that has a lower walk rate, maybe Justin Steele or Spencer Strider, like it, it's an interesting race right now for NL Cy Young. Sure. I don't yeah. think we can count Spencer Strider out, even though his ERA is a bit high because the award has never been who has the lowest ERA. Um, but that's true. Yeah. Justin Steele, high strikeout guy too. A lot of his runs are unearned. I think back to when they were playing the Red Sox. I think and uh, Justin Steele was tagged with six unearned runs in that one. So like that loss wasn't his fault. It's yeah, it's a very interesting race. I want to see Blake Snell do it though. So I'm going to buy. There you go. You know, I love yeah, it. I want Blake Snell to do it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Blake Snell over there in the national league, that wild card race keeps heating up and keeps getting more and more interesting. The later we go yeah, into the year. It does. So we're going to talk about that for a little while. You already mentioned that the Padres are out of it. Yep. But as of right now, they are only six games out. With 14 days left to go, essentially, in the year, six games doesn't sound possible, but yeah. is also not entirely unlikely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they have quite the challenge ahead of them. Yes. Philly still occupying that top spot with a plus three game lead. Yeah. Arizona yep. is now in that second spot. Chicago, the Cubs are on the brink of dropping out. Yeah. And they are tied with the Miami Marlins for the third wild card spot. Dude, this is what Cincinnati I'm saying, is a half game out. San yep. Fran, two games out. And San Diego, six games out. I can't mm -hmm. believe we're talking about San Diego again, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah. We're going to do this systematically. Number one, Philadelphia. Do you see them leaving? No, I mean, I think well, I think what we've said past episodes, like Philly is going to stay in that uh, number one spot. I, I see Philly there, like all the time. So, yeah. Sorry for the people watching. I'm fighting the fly over here. The Phillies, <laughs> I try occupying to, I that first. Yeah, well, I mean, if they're watching, they're seeing me essentially fight the camera right there. Anyway, yeah. Philadelphia, you don't see them leaving that top spot. I do not see them. Leaving, no. Yeah. I think the Phillies are a scary team. If they get yeah. into the postseason lookout, they're making a run again. Yeah. Arizona in the second slot. Do you see them leaving, even though they only have a half game lead over two teams tied for third? Yeah, uh, Arizona. I think is going to get bumped down a little bit. Uh, Chicago. I think is going to got to find its legs. But I mean, dude, Miami is hot. Yeah, Miami is hot. Um, I was there this past uh, this past Saturday, um, and it was it was a really really fun game. I mean, you have the Braves going against the Marlins. Um, literally the first three at bats for the Braves. It was a double off the wall by Michael Harris, a home run by Ozzy Albies, and then a home run by Austin Riley. That was the first three at bats in the game, and it was crazy. Yeah. It was three to zero. Miami ended up winning eleven to six, and took that series. 
like yeah. by, took that series by by storm. Um, and one of the ways that they got out in front was a Jazz Chisholm grand slam. Can you call the, it, dude? I called it. Yeah, I turned over to one of my boys and I'm like, hey. Imagine just uh, uh, Jazz hits a like a, a, a grand slam like right now. Yeah, pieces it. It's close to us. He doesn't hit it on the upper level. He hits it down to the lower level. But bro, uh, you're up in those poor seats. We're up in the poor seats, yes sir. Gotcha. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, no, it's, yeah. So we, uh, but after that home run, man, just electric and buzz. Like afterwards. yeah, like something's happening in Miami. Something's happening. You think something's happening in Miami? Yeah, yeah. I look at Arizona. They're in the position that they're in right now, not by accident. They yeah. had three home games against Chicago, and they took care of business. They swept them. Three yeah. to three. So Chicago, all of a sudden, and Arizona are fighting for that second spot, and it's a legit fight. Yeah. But to round out the season, they go two home games, uh, San Francisco. And if San Francisco steals either one of those games, suddenly San Fran is back in the mix again. Yeah. Then they got three in New York, three in Chicago, playing the White Sox. Those are six games where you you have to go six for six on. You have to go five for six at the very least. Four for six if we're down bad. Yeah. But then you end the year three home games against Houston, and that could get ugly. Mm. You, yep. you have to have your playoff spot wrapped up before you get to Houston if you're trying to make the playoffs comfortably. Yeah. I don't know if I see Arizona doing it because there's still so much to be played yeah. out. Um, but I am encouraged by the fact that they, at the very least right now, are on a little bit of a tear. They took care of business against Chicago. I think I see Chicago leaving. I think I don't see Cincinnati making it in. I don't see San Fran making it in. Yeah. I really see the NL wildcard going one Philadelphia, two Arizona, three Miami. And you're it. good with that, apparently. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Okay. All yeah. right, so we're kind of in agreement. Um, while we're in the national card or national card now, national league wild card. Because we are in the national league, let's go ahead and have a if the season ended today conversation. Sure. Yeah, 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 you would have Atlanta and the Dodgers who have both clinched uh, their respective divisions at this point. Yeah, uh, occupying the one and two spots, so they get the bye. Your first game, you would have Milwaukee against the. Chicago Cubs or the Miami Marlins based on a tiebreaker, which would be a head-to-head conversation, trying to figure out who had the better record when they played each other head-to-head over the course of the year. Okay. (laughs) But to simplify this, do you see Milwaukee beating or losing to Chicago or Miami? Like, do you think it depends on who Milwaukee is playing? Yeah. I okay. Think it does. Um, so, do you see? How do you see Milwaukee handling Chicago if they played the Cubs? Um, man, I feel like Milwaukee takes that series. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too familiar with what Milwaukee has. I mean, I know like they're like the main four guys that they have. But uh, I don't Corbin know. Corbin like, Burns, Corbin Brandon Burns, Woodruff. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I know they got the starting pitching. I don't know if they have the offensive the firepower. Or the bullpen. Or the bullpen. Devin sure. Williams, that's it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at that, and I'm, uh, and I'm also not involved in the Cubs either. So I'm looking at that, and I'm like, who do the Cubs have? Yeah. Morell. Um, so. 
Um, yeah. I know they picked then, up a good piece um, um, from steel. They have steel. Washington. Yeah, steel is the dominant arm I see there. But in a three-game sure. series, That's I think Milwaukee. I think it's Milwaukee yeah. against Miami. How do you see Milwaukee doing against Miami? Uh, oof, man. Uh, I want to say Miami, but Miami's pitching is kind of not there. I mean, but uh, to Alcantara, be fair, anybody looks bad against the Braves. Right. So uh, Alcantara obviously comes to mind. He's he's a good guy. Gives you the I don't know how he's doing this year though. Uh, we didn't get the chance to see it. Uh, obviously, this go around. But um. I want to say the Marlins, and I think I'm going to stick with the Marlins. I think the Marlins take that series. Okay, so Philly series. and Arizona. Philly. Yeah, Philly easy. Yeah. Um, and and then I think you get. Oh gosh, what is it? You'd have Philly playing Los Angeles at that point. Yeah. I take Philly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is the pitching. That's right. We talked about it. In the yeah. Last so yeah, Philly. If Philly gets hot, look out. Philly's. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then you'd have Atlanta going up against the uh, the winner of the Milwaukee series, which I think Atlanta takes the cake for. I would love to see an NLCS matchup between Atlanta and Philadelphia. That'd be great. Please, I think. Like yeah. Yes. Yeah. That needs to happen. Really hoping that happens. Yeah. Over there in the American League, if the season ended today, Baltimore and Houston occupy the top two spots, so they both get the bye. You'd have Minnesota playing Texas. We've had this conversation in the past. Okay. I think Minnesota and Texas. Yeah. And at that point, we said Texas takes it uh, because of their pitching. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer is now out. Yep. Big change in how mm-hmm. I view Very that. Very big. Yeah. I almost want to take Minnesota. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to take Minnesota as well. I just actually bought a all-red uh, Texas hat because I love the Texas logo with the red. Um, so I would have, I would have had a Texas hat if like they like pulled it off or anything to like, just to show my support for that. But I don't see that. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have Tampa Bay and Toronto. If Tampa doesn't win their division, it would be Tampa Bay and Toronto. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Two ALEs teams. Yeah. Tampa. Tampa. I have to take Tampa. Yeah. I think I read something about Toronto recently i can't remember exactly what it was but it was basically like uh hey here's why you shouldn't be picking toronto to win right. um can't remember what it was that's just in the back of my mind i think tampa's <laughs> making a real run at the division though so it could be yeah. tampa and toronto or baltimore and toronto and i think in either case toronto comes out as the loser in that one so then you have baltimore up against minnesota which i think baltimore takes yeah baltimore takes Houston against Tampa, which could be a dogfight. That's a dogfight, yeah. You're right. I think a lot of what happens in the American League is obviously determined by what happens in the AL East, um, just because you have Baltimore and Tampa, who are still... not in the AL East, man. Yeah. It's only a two-game difference right now, and we got two weeks to go. It's going to be fun to watch the end of. Yeah. Let's go ahead and end our conversation here. We're already talking about the American League East, um, and we're focused on the top of it. But obviously, yeah. just because we're both Sox fans, we got to show some love to the Sox. Uh, it's been a rough go of it recently. We're essentially in a battle with the New York Yankees. We're trying to figure out who's going to be the basement of the AL East. Yeah. By the 
end of the year, who do you think is the basement dweller? New York or Boston? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to tell. I want to say I think it's going to be our socks. I don't want it to be. I know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I look Yankees at the end the, of the year. Yeah, let's look at the end. We got we got Texas three games yeah. against Texas uh, at Texas. Not easy. Three games home against the Chicago White Sox. You should win all three of those. But honestly, at this point in the year, we might not be trying. Yeah. Then you end with six games against the juggernauts. The Red Sox have the chance to play spoiler for either of these teams because it's two home games against Tampa and four away games in Baltimore. Yeah. We have a chance to determine who's the winner of the AL East, but I think right now we are so weak yeah, and we so are. bad at baseball yeah. that we could be looking at being fifth place in the American League East. Is that where you thought we would end up? No. <laughs> but here we are, and I thought we were like, I thought we had something going in the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's been a rough go of it recently. Yeah. I, I think the best way to describe Kyle Bloom's uh, departure is bittersweet. You wanted him to do better, but yeah, he just he wasn't did. getting the job done. So. Yep. On to new things. It sucks to be sitting here in September and thinking, I can't wait for next season. Yeah. I think it's part of the reason why I'm enjoying football so much is because I don't have anything to look forward to when the socks come on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I agree with that. It's been an interesting year. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this off season because I know that Chris Sale's coming into the final year of his contract and, yeah. I don't see the Yankees being in a great position to start next year, especially if Brian Cashman is still the GM. I don't think he has the guts to do anything that's necessary to turn that team around and spend the money like they did in 08, 09. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell, right? <laughs> Time will tell. So for the final time today, this is Diamonds and Hashmarks. I'm your producer and host, Alex Pichardo. And I'm paying Pichardo from the new spot, you dig? Yeah. Catch us on Thursday. We're going to be doing this conversation over again, but in a preview style, talking about the upcoming games, we'll play more buy, sell, or hold. Hopefully you, the fans, interact with us a little bit so we can get some of your submissions involved. Um, But that's really it for today. So we'll see you Thursday. See you.